Hi, welcome to the first podcast in GPISD. I'm Lucia Palazzi, the Director of Professional Development, and I am here today with Robert Seibert, um, the expert and gifted and talented for our district. Welcome, Mr. Seibert. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here today. Um, so I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about uh, not only our gifted and talented program, but also the students and the teachers uh, of the gifted and talented kiddos in Galena Park ISD, um, and how, what are the best practices in serving, in serving them? What are some of the characteristics of gifted and talented students? So um, the important thing to note is that you know giftedness can look different in all, you know, different students, um, you know, different backgrounds of students, uh, different areas of the world. You know, gifted look, giftedness in the United States, you know, is not necessarily the same as giftedness in another country. So you mm. know, we have that. Um, but some very simple things to look at um, with trying to identify, you know, if a student is, you know, above their peers, um, and in that way. Uh, would be like vocabulary, you know, if they mm. have an advanced vocabulary, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's an easy thing to see, you know, like, you know, that's not something that, you know, a normal third grader would say, you know, right. those kind of things. Um, you know, it, as they're learning, a lot of them will just have quick mastery and uh, quick, you know, they'll have to be able to recall their information, um, you know, without much, without much practice. Uh, okay. It kind of happens for them. Um, they also, a lot of times will have uh, an extensive no amount of knowledge uh, about a, a wide variety of things. So, you know, a lot of, you can talk about something and, you know, they have knowledge about it. Um, sometimes they will, they will even have something that they're without, well, you know, lack of better words, obsessed with. You know, um, there was one student who um, I can recall just loved dinosaurs. And, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what he did, he had a dinosaur book or, you know, he had some figurines, like he did his project on dinosaurs. So, like, mm -hmm. he was just hyper-focused yeah, yeah. On one topic. Um, one of my favorite things that you can uh, you know pick out, especially as students start to get a little bit older, is their sense of humor. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like you know students you know of their same age. You know they they may think something's funny that uh, you know other students might not catch on to. Um, you know um, they have more highbrow humor. Yes, you know it, it's just it's great to be able to interact with those students. You know when they do have you know that kind of humor yeah so. so is that does that fall into their maturity level as well or how does that work yeah I mean yeah that's a lot of it um, you know experiences a lot of GT students will want to interact more with adults mm -hmm. so you know instead of going out and playing with friends you know they may have stayed inside and you know watch dad work on cars or you know while mom was hanging out with friends whatever's happening you know, they yeah. wanted to interact more with and adults. With adults. So, you know, a lot of times you'll see that too, where the student will want to come and, and visit with the teacher more than, you know, talk with their peers. Their peers. How interesting. So you kind of touched on this already. So these students are different from other student groups. Um, in what we talked about with their humor and that, you know, who they want to associate more with and things like that and what they consider fun would be, you know, researching dinosaurs as opposed to right. going out and, and um, going to a party with their friends or something of that nature. Um, what challenges may these students, these gifted and talented students face throughout their school career? Right. Um, so... You know, one thing growing up, 
a lot of times they don't necessarily fit in with others. Um, so, you know, they have that, that social emotional kind of mm. um, issue there. Um, they, they progress and, and at different times uh, with different parts. So like, you know, emotionally, that you know they may be advanced or intellectually they're advanced where physically they may be behind right mm -hmm. it's that uh, asynchronous development um, so you know that's a little bit different that's a challenge where you know they may be you know thinking at one level you know but they're you know at a completely different level with a different um, you know characteristic that they may have um, a couple of challenges that really stick out to me you know when this when you ask this as well is um uh, underachievement and imposter syndrome. Um, these these things uh, show through with our students a lot of times. Um, you know, research shows when they're not challenged, going through when everything's really easy and simple. Uh, as soon as something may get difficult, then they begin to think they're not smart anymore, just because it's always been it's easy, so I'm smart. Um, mm. So it's you know a lot of times it's things that they already have experience with, and they already know that they're they're you know, just reproducing in class and it makes them feel smart and everyone's telling them, oh, you're so smart. You're so smart. Right. Um, so this can hit them in college too. Exactly. Yeah. It, it may be not until college. It may be when they get their first job. Yes. Um, you know, where they, you know, imposter syndrome is where they feel like they don't fit in. Um, they have a deep sense of uh, a deep fear of, of being identified as a fraud because they feel like, you know, maybe I'm really not as smart as they, you know, they tell me that I am. That's really interesting. Because something really kind of hits them where it's their first challenge. Oh. Uh, and then underachievement is kind of on the other sense where some kids will just shut down because it's been so easy and now it kind of gets a little bit difficult and they have to start working. So, it, you know, it's, a, it's an imbalance between their true ability and what they're actually doing right. with that. And so when you're when you, to challenge these students I in my experience uh, I know that a lot of um, teachers we, we used to think that giving them more work well you did this yeah. so let's pile on some more because you're done um, and that is looked down upon and it's you kind of want to go deeper is that correct yeah exactly um, and I think we all if, if we take this away from education, we take this away from being a student and put it in terms of, of working. Mm -hmm. uh, if we do our jobs and we do it to the best of our abilities and we're doing an excellent job and someone just keeps saying, well, you're doing amazing. I'm just going to keep giving you more and more. Eventually, we're going to learn that if we don't do it as quickly or we don't do it as well, that we're going to stop getting this extra work. So, you know, in any part of life, um, but the students are the same way. It's unfair to them because, you know, they're doing they're doing things quickly, they're doing things well, and you're just saying, here, here's more to do, and you're just, you're defeating them. So they're not learning anything new, they're just redoing and redoing things right. that they already know. So it would be, instead of more superficial learning, it would be the hyper-focused learning that yeah. you were talking about earlier. Yeah, let them dig deeper. Let, let them, you know, choose a topic within reason. You know, if they've already mastered everything that you're going to teach everybody else, let them go to the computer and research you know, something different and maybe give a small presentation in the class when they're finished or, or write a small paper on it. Well, talk to me about choice and giving GT students choice in the classroom because that's also an, an important part. It's huge. It's, it's something that we stress in encounters. Um, and, and talking about choice, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, it's not about giving them choice for everything. Like you have to have some parameters um, because just like any other person, if they have to choose, and, and sometimes it's even worse, if they have to choose from, from too many things, it's hard to narrow that down. Um, so, you know, it's not just, you know, do this exact thing. It's here's a couple of different ways you can show me that, you know, the information, choose one. 
Um, and it works for all students, but GT students really like to have that ownership over their yes. learning. What about the classroom environment? What would a great classroom environment be? You know, I know that the hot topic in education now is getting away from, you know, the what I call cemetery desks or cemetery classrooms with the desks all lined up in a row and, you know, how we basically take tests, okay? But get away from that on a regular, regular daily basis. I mean, is a GT classroom, what, what, what is an ideal setup for that classroom? Right. Uh, eventually, um, well, what I like to see happen and what happens in, in our encounters classrooms, you know, our encounters teachers are great with this. Um, some of our journeys classrooms are there, but the teacher, instead of, you know, standing up in front of the room and, and instructing, they're basically becoming a facilitator of learning. So they're giving them uh, work, you know, in, in their zone of proximal development. Um, that's, a, you know, a little bit above the level that they currently are, are are working on enough to challenge them but you know just like we would scaffold down for a student who might need uh, help in that sense to come up we can scaffold up just enough to give them the extra support and then eventually pull that support away so that you know once they kind of get it then they can take it off and run and that's when uh, you know if you ever were to go in one of these classrooms you would you would see kids doing a lot of different things at a lot of uh, at the same time because you know where one student may even work quicker the other one may want to dig deeper into that topic so they may not necessarily be on to the next, next task, but they're both continuing to learn and, and working towards that end goal. So not everybody's in lockstep. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's... And that's uh, good for administrators to know too, because right. when they come in, into it, the classroom... It may appear like it's chaos. Right. And really it's not, because everyone is, is doing what they're doing. You know, sometimes, um, you know, the students are even, you know, having full-blown conversations about you know, other things why they may be working, um, you know, not completely off task, but right. know, things that are interesting to them that may be related. Last question for the student characteristics portion. What are some myths that surround uh, the GT students? Yeah, there are so many. I mean, I don't know where to begin. Um, just, you know, one that, that really sticks out to me is, um, you know, the thought that the GT student needs to be great or amazing, outstanding in all areas, right? Well, mm -hmm. you know, you're in your GT, so how are you not, you know, passing all of your math tests? How are you yeah. not masters on every single star? Uh, where we would love that to happen, and it, you know, a lot of times it does happen, but you know, that's not always the case. And that could go through to even sports and art and music, oh, yeah. right? Definitely. You're you know, not the star track athlete, what's wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you know, some of our GT kids don't, don't wanna go to, to gym class, you know, they would rather stay back in the classroom and, you know, help the teacher in some other way. Um, yes. You know, we see those kind of things. Um, also, you know, the thought that putting a GT kid in a classroom will automatically raise the level of everyone else in that classroom is also a false thing. You know, we have to, uh, as much as, um, you know, as much as it, it may help in some ways, uh, you know, those the students who are struggling aren't going to look at that student who's mastering everything with ease and, and you know, think of them in some positive way. They're almost going to have some resentment towards that student. So, you know, unless there are some other things happening within, in that classroom to build that, uh, that community, you know, just putting that student in there isn't going to raise the level of everyone else automatically, right? There has to be some other connections and some other things happening. Right. Um, and then, you know, uh, one other thing... Uh, you know, I've, I've heard this before, you know, well, you, you know, you know, that person teaches the encounters class, you know, they've got it easy. Well, yeah, they have, 
they love what they do and, and they have some amazing students. We have some great students here in our district, um, but it's, it's not easy. You know, it's, it's different than teaching any other, um, other groups. So where, you know, the, you know, some teachers like it a certain way, you know, like, you know, their classroom's quiet and their kids aren't questioning them. Right. Well, in the, in the GT classroom, those kids are going to question everything that you do. So, you know, you need to be ready to, you know, sometimes just admit that you're wrong. Because if you don't, you know, they're going to catch on to that and they're, they're going to. Or admit that you don't know. You well, might right. not know the answer. They're, they're, they're quick to see that, you know, you, you know you're, you're telling a lie or, or you're not being genuine. You know, right. quick to see that. Right. Okay. Uh, let's move along here to teacher attitudes. So uh, talk to me about, you know, when an administrator is looking for uh, a teacher to teach encounters or their GT students, what should the attitude be? What are some of the teacher characteristics that would bring these kids to the next level? I think the first thing, and, and it's probably the most obvious, um, but it, it may not always happen is that teacher has to have a willingness uh, and a desire to work with those students. You know, as teachers, we, we've all, we all got into the profession for a different reason. Um, some of us, you know, really want to work with those students who can really move on. And some of us really want to be able to see growth in our students. So we'd rather work with some students who may be on level or, or maybe need some help to get to that point. Uh, so you need to have that willingness. Um, they also need to be flexible because we talked about you know how the classroom you're becoming a facilitator right uh, if if the teacher can't let that go can't let their classroom go and their students um you know blossom and and, and learn on their own uh then it's going to be a little rough for them because there's the, the students aren't going to enjoy the class either you know so they really need right to do that uh, they need to be willing to adjust on the fly um you know sometimes you're gonna have students you're gonna have a class that just completely got the lesson, understood the lesson way quicker than you realize. So you have to be prepared for that. You and you have, have 15 minutes left. What do yeah, I do? Right. So you can't just, you can't just quit it, right? You right. have to keep going. Um, you know, that's really important. Uh, you have to be willing to, to learn every day because your students are going to want to learn every day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still learning and I, and I hope we're all lifelong learners. You know, we talk about that, you know, it's a really important to put that into practice with these students because, um, you know, they, they are looking up to you as someone who's learning. So if you're not doing that, then if you're not modeling. You're it. not modeling, right? So that's that's really important. And I could imagine they might need more patience. Yeah. Perhaps because somebody's always going to be raising their hand and saying they're very inquisitive. So right. tell me more about this and tell me more about that. And you know, the the I, I would imagine the teacher's personality has to be that of, yeah, let let's explore that. Right. Instead of sit down and be quiet or, you know? Yeah, and you're, and you're going to get the question why. You know, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. you know, why is this important? Mm -hmm. because if, so it's the are we there yet question. Yeah, except <laughs> and if they don't see value in it and what you're trying to do with them, you know, if they just think it's something rude and mundane, yes. you know, you're going to lose them. Right. Uh, you know, it's important. You know, that's really what we, we try to do in Encounters is uh, give them that opportunity to uh, explore a little bit and, and let them understand that why. Why are we doing this? Yes, we have some other pieces to this, but you know, you still get to you get to have your choice and you get to explore and use their creativity to demonstrate their learning. Right. Okay. Right. And, and talking about creativity a little bit, you know, one of the myths and go back to the myth part. Mm -hmm. um, some some people believe that you know creativity means their artistic ability when that's not the entire truth. Yeah, that couldn't be part of it. That can be part of a student's gift. Um, but it's more about thinking about something new and right. creating something new yes. uh, with, with their thoughts. That's good. Well, 
what about their interpersonal communication skills? Because the teachers would have to model that, uh, you know, for the kids because they do have this large vocabulary. Right. Um, so how, how would the teachers be able to model, you know, interpersonal relationship skills with these kids that have this um, out-of-the-box thinking and this incredible vocabulary so that they can communicate and function in a school setting where right. all of the kids aren't up to that level. So one thing that's um, coming up this year is the social emotional learning that we're, we're required to do. And that's actually something that has been a complete focus of gifted education wow. for how long, you know, so we're, uh, we really have to, um, you know, model, model it for our students, teach our students sometimes, you know, even things as simple as tact. You know, right. when to say things, mm -hmm. when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate. Yes. Uh, you know, we have to have those, you know, those those breaks in, you know, in teaching or whatever in order to teach that part, you know, that social right. skill. Uh, so there's a lot of skills in that sense that, you know, if the if the GT teacher is not modeling it, you know, those students aren't, aren't going to pick up on it. You know, they... Yeah, they and it goes back to relationships. Them. Right. Relationships. Okay, so moving on to our next topic, which is teaching strategies. So what works in the GT classroom? I know we talked about choice before, um, but can you talk to me about the importance of reflection time with these kiddos? Yeah. Um, so one thing that a couple of our Encounters classrooms are doing, um, they're starting to work with the students on teaching them how to set their own smart goals, their own goals. Uh -huh. So they'll kind of begin the day um, or the class, you know, with, you know, set some goals for yourself. But basically that leads up to the end of the day when they're, when they're finished, they're able to go back and reflect on what they've finished, what they have done well. Um, so they, they have an opportunity every day to then um, basically grade themselves on a lot of different Exactly. So we give them that opportunity. We want them to go and think about uh, you know everything that they have done. Think about the learning that has taken place. Um, that way, that they can Im they can improve that you know the process right. or, or their organization for the next week. Uh, and it's good because a lot of times students don't know what they don't know. You know, right. they get this grade and it's like they shove it in their backpack and they don't know. Well, where did I go wrong? Why did I get a C on this assignment? They don't diagnose that. Right. And so. This is a great thing for the GT kiddos because they want to know, well, even if they get a B plus, well, why didn't I get an A? Let me look and find out where I was um, lacking and then what can I do about it? So that's good that they would have that in their daily, um, in their daily plan. Right. And, and as difficult as it is, we also... Really and they'll turn into a habit. Yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. we really try to do one-on-one um, -on -one time every day with every student and it's not easy it may not happen every single day um, but it's you know it's that one-on-one -on -one time in, in some capacity but one thing that we really push uh, as students are writing their research papers is that one-on-one -on -one time with the teacher to break down their writing uh, you know and with the teachers uh, or with you know with our teachers we've expressed how we want them to um, do it early so catch them you know after their introduction or after their first couple of paragraphs get in there and work with them and break it down and explain you know where some areas they can improve and what we really see is students reflect on what they've done and the corrections coming from the teacher and the suggestions that may be there 
uh, and their writing actually like it improves as they continue down uh, in their research paper. So just that reflection piece as well, and you know, talking about why, you know, this this may be incorrect or this could be said a little bit better. Should they connect? Should teachers connect art? or music or something whenever possible to academic assignments. Sure. I you mean, know what I mean? Like yeah. writing assignments, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it as an expansion. Yeah. I mean, how important is that? Yeah. I mean, any of those kind of things touching on the different senses, the different ways the students learn are, are important, are great. Um, you know, hitting the, the creativeness of the student, like their ability to create something new, you know, is always something that we, we try to do. So and being open to having the, the students demonstrate their knowledge in different ways. Yes, different products. All right, what about Bloom's taxonomy? How, what level should the teachers be at? How important it is, is it that they're familiar with things of that nature? Uh, yeah, so we've talked a little bit about you know, reflecting and, and getting the students to look at you know, to analyze what they've done, analyze other people's work, you know, that's huge, that's a higher order thinking. Um, but also getting them to create something new. Yes. Um, you know, if, if, you can, if you can ask them the right questions, give them the right activities, uh, you can take any lesson, you know, and, and really raise that level. You know, it's not, you don't necessarily have to write two completely different lessons or three completely different lessons, but if you use Deeper questioning. Um, yeah, deeper questioning or, or different activities. You know, when um, I used to have this, you know, this printout that, you know, have had action words, you know, activities that students could do at the different levels. So oh. we could have one, um, you know, one peak that we're working on, but then the students can be working at different levels depending on their readiness level. Yeah, and they could design something. They can yeah. synthesize. Like you said, they can create. Exactly. That's that level. Okay. Um, so... Talk to me about, you know, just to wrap this up, what are some resources for teachers? You know, are there any trainings or any books um, that you can advise them to, to move on to the next level to read if they're either a GT teacher now and they're a first year or they're an aspiring GT teacher um, or if they're an administrator that just wants to brush up on what to look for in the GT classrooms, yeah. where can they go? Right. I mean, there are endless possibilities with this, and uh, that's something that I believe um, that we do a great job with in advanced academics is, is giving the teachers those options. Um, obviously, you know, if you're just starting out with teaching, you need your 30 hours, uh, your original 30 hours as required by the state. We offer that here in our district. We also, you know, are part of the Houston GT Cooperative uh, where teachers can go during the summer and attend different parts in different parts of the city each piece um, even the fall and the spring, they have the same thing. And those are on Edgeforia currently. Yeah, they're on Edgeforia. Uh, we have, um, you know, a Google Doc with all the GT things. You know, like if it's part of the Houston Co-op, it needs to be. They need to sign up through uh, an outside source, uh, Eventbrite. So we have them sign up there. And Eventbrite. Then Eventbrite. Okay. And I'm able to go into Eventbrite and see which of our teachers signed up. Um, so last year we had, you know, like 125 teachers. We just recently got our um, numbers. We had 125 teachers attend co-op. Wonderful. Um, we had, I want to say we had 200 hours of options within the district. So Okay. Um, so, I mean, would they go to Eduphoria to check out all of these yeah. trainings? So well, there's okay. a lot on Eduphoria. And what are the different stuff. parts of the initial 30 hours? Sure. So you have identification assessment. Uh, you have nature needs and social emotional. 
Um, we have the creativity and instructional design piece, and then we have you know differentiation or, or meeting the needs of those students you know, in the everyday classroom. Okay, and these trainings are in-depth trainings. They are. Okay. Seven, we do them in four days, seven and a half hours each. Um, That's pretty you know, intense. Yeah, and it's it, it really, we try to dig as deep as possible. We have certain things that we have to meet the standards of, of the state, mm -hmm. but then we really try to design it around what we do here in our district so right. that we give more information. And then the so, six-hour updates yeah. for those who already have those initial hours. Right, so after the six hours, or after the 30 hours, and then they do six hours every year, um, there's not one set thing that I would recommend for a teacher to do for their six hours. What I would recommend is for them to self-reflect. We talked about that earlier, yes. right? But reflect upon themselves. Where do they want to improve in the classroom or, or what do they want to learn more about um, those students? Um, and once they figure out what they want to learn about, then they can seek out the, the trainings for that. Um, you know, if there's something out there that we may not offer, if they just, you know, send us a request, then that's something maybe, you know, we can find somewhere for them to go or, or bring something here. Maybe we haven't thought about it. Uh, is there an author or uh, a TED Talk or anything that would be, that we can uh, steer them to? We did a, a book study last summer and I'm actually replicating it this summer, uh, hoping to get some new people. I wanna say we had about 12 or 15 teachers oh. last year do it. Uh, right now, it starts next week. Right now we have about eight or 10. Uh, but the book that we read was was great. I mean, it, it's something that is beneficial for the newest teacher and something that as the coordinator who's been doing this, you know, for 10, 12 years that gave me information and gave me things to think about that I, that I didn't know. Um, but it's called Teacher's Survival Guide Gifted Education. Um, just the fact that it was easy to understand, it was an easy read. Uh, we, you know, we read a chapter a week or a couple of chapters if they were shorter and we would just, you know, there would be a question posed and we would respond to each other. You know, we would post our answer. And, On a and Google Classroom Google setting? Classroom, right. Cool. So that was part of, you know, the people And they would get that credit their, for that? They earned their six hours throughout the summer just nice. for reading the book and, and going back. And so we're doing the same thing this year. That, that book itself just was very helpful. Um, one of the teachers even said, I wish this was required for everybody because it was, it was that good, and we had a good time with it. That's awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, end of podcast one. I wish I had one of those things that I could click. Yeah. Do you want to listen to it? Let's sure. see if Did Mark I go can... too long? No.